Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go with a crappy headset. I plugged in this headset, and it's just total and complete hot garbage, so... Let's get start. The switch out here on pit row later. Yeah, I'm back today. Uh, voice is a little bit. I think it sounds better, doesn't it? I can't really tell in this headset. Oh, yeah. It sounds better. Yeah. I couldn't call a football game today if I had to, but I could come in and do the sports cage. Can't have Zinger have the show too long or it won't be mine very much longer. He's already uh, slithering his way into the broadcast booth tomorrow. We'll talk about that. Uh, uh, today's Wednesday. Do we have a sponsor for today's show? And if not, why? Yeah, no, today's one of the days. We don't have a Monday or a Wednesday sponsor. We need a Monday or a Wednesday sponsor. If you'd like to sponsor, 306-546-6200. The number one sports talk show in the province should not be unsponsored in anything. We're, we're filling up, but uh, the day needs to be sponsored. You're not wrong. I mean, come on. People snoozing? Yeah. Every single word that comes I'll out tell of you our what, mouths let's do this. should let's, be sponsored. Let's do this right now. Let's do this. We'll have roving sponsors, okay, for today. So for the first hour at 936-6262, send us in your business, and I'll make you the sponsor today. And you could see how powerful it was if people actually heard you. Yeah, oh, oh, okay? I see what you're doing. You know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah. Heard your name. Yeah, so 936-6262, the number to text for the Capital Auto Group, because they spend money with our company. So there you go. By the way, radio is the number one. It is the original social media. This is the original. You don't have to click. You don't have to bitch about now you can't get certain information on Facebook and Instagram. You can always get it on the radio, and it's always free, and it's right here, and it's mostly local at 620 CKRM. So don't bitch about Facebook or Instagram. Get right down to it here, 620 CKRM or on our app. Now, we've got a great uh, social media team, by the way, of Harvard Media. I'm not saying steer away from that, but this is the number Number one social media radio always was the original one. Yes, right stick, here. Stick with your roots, baby. Right, or stick go back, with your go roots. Back so, to your roots. So anyway, uh, it right could be here. Pete's Plumber Shop, whatever. Who's going to be our first sponsor of the hour? Nine three six sixty two sixty two. We'll pick somebody after the next commercial break. All right. Uh, by the way, our uh, hotline is powered by another sponsor of ours, Western Pizza. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Don't give them to me now. I know. I know the text lines blowing up. I absolutely know the text lines blowing up I, I totally get it but let's um let's take a step back here zinger and just talk about some of the things going on in the world of sports uh looks like it's Calaros versus cody fajardo yeah fajardo on um on thursday in winnipeg last i saw winnipeg was seven and a half point dogs this is sad news or bad news or unfortunate news for u of s husky and a friend of the show nathan cherry bc line defensive lineman hurt his knee here couldn't put any pressure on it when he went off the field he's out for the year with the knee injury when making that tackle on jamal morrow in the game on sunday cfl ratings are kicking absolute booty man uh Apparently, the Riders-BC Lion game had their highest ratings ever this season. Not ever, but this season, man. Yeah, highest of the season. Highest of the season. It was, uh, let me just go through this. So 756,700. The Riders and Alouettes have been involved in three of the top five rated games, the Lions and two, and the Bombers and Stampeders in one. So might I ask you again, Zinger, 
the flagship franchise in the Canadian Football League is... The Riders, baby. Numbers don't lie. Numbers do not lie. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the BC Lions, 756,700. And man, when they tuned in, Zinger, did they get a game? That could have been close to the game of the year. Yeah, the next closest on that list, I think, was the Friday Night Football game, and it was like almost a full 200,000 behind the the Rider game. That was, was that the... uh, Winnipeg-Calgary. Winnipeg-Calgary game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was 337,600 Edmonton and Hamilton. That's the one where the Elks finally win. Uh, Winnipeg at Calgary, like you said, 558-500. Uh, 347,200 uh, 300, uh, TSN and 206,600 RDS for 553,800 and then the Ryder one. You know what I really, uh, we need to talk about? Because they have two languages and everything, but when you they cover their football team like the RDS does a full like big time pregame show uh TSN's there obviously so they got English and French coverage on TV and on the radio too so it, you know it it may lag behind in terms of crowds but they definitely have the coverage and people are watching yeah, uh, wouldn't that be something if they could get the crowds like the Anthony Calvillo days once again? Well, that, that place would remember how packed yeah. it used to and be. And they got a new owner. They got a great owner. Listen, give but it, it com- some time. I know, but it give comes it some down time. to this. It comes down to this. I, I don't. We have. Ch- we have, You're an old soul, so you like it. We have changed now uh, our viewing habits, and we're very, um, we're very catered to. We're very pampered. So. People are going to be less. You really have to get them out to come and watch in a dumpy stadium like that. That is the dumpiest stadium in the CFL. Yeah, you could say it's kind of cool. It's downtown. It's a beautiful setting. It's a dump. And McMahon's a dump. So I wouldn't want to go sit on a a bench without a back. Mm. I wouldn't. I think it's just more so the you know concessions, the concourse. Yeah, it's the, all those are, those are the things the th- that the, that bother me. The th- well, and you have standing areas uh, even in Edmonton now. You can stand at the end to watch the game. That's how people view games now. They don't they don't really sit in their seats like we'd like them to. That's just the way that it is. Um, so here's a uh, here's a question for you: nine three six sixty two sixty two. Did the win by the Rough Riders last Sunday and now into a bye week? change your opinion of the team and then further to that and further to that so with that in mind what's the win total going to be for the rough riders hasn't really changed mine i i predicted them nine and nine all the way through right from the get-go and training camp even with trevor harris as the quarterback and i'm sticking with nine and nine i think i think there are at least three wins there you got edmonton coming here you got hamilton coming here and i smell a winnipeg labor day win yeah, Toronto, I think, is coming here. Yeah, at the end of the year. they may or so, may not have something to play so for. So maybe four and four to finish out the year. Well, I think. we got Calgary there too. We could beat Calgary. Mm-hmm. Like I think I I could see for sure four wins. And mm-hmm. there's four wins there. Yeah, I think uh, I think ten and eight's reachable as well. Yeah, because I think if you steal that Winnipeg yeah. game, like I think you can beat. You're better than Calgary. You're better than Hamilton. You're better than. Edmonton, and as Don Hewitt and you guys talked about yesterday, thanks for covering for me. By the way, the bar has been set. Anything less than the effort that you gave to the BC Lions in this game here, like a do or die, save some jobs kind of game, this is what you need from the Rough Riders going forward at Mosaic Stadium for the hard-earned money these fans spend. So like, they deserve to have that. Like, think about if the Riders finish ten and eight with everything that's happening with like a third-string quarterback. And you stuff, have to. Re- if, if like the, that, that, you would you would think that you know the quote-unquote jobs would be safe. If the Riders finish ten and eight, get or to the playoff. Wrong? No, if the I absolutely believe if the Riders. If the Riders are ten and eight, 
and get... Actually, wipe that other question out. Here's the question I have. Thank you. I'm a little sick still, so forgive me. <clears throat> and this, I guess it lumps in here. If the Riders finish 10-8 and eight and win one playoff game, given everything that's going on, is that enough to bring everybody back? Is that enough to have everything stay the same? And I would, I would say, yes, we want to win great cups, but continuity is very, very important. Yeah. So I would say, if the Riders finish ten and eight, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, well, I'll put it to you this way: if the Riders get to a Western East final and they play half-decent in that game, you bring everybody back for sure, 100%. I think you could have some discussions about tinkering if you get to the playoffs and don't do anything and lose badly in the first game. But I think 10-8 and eight with what we've seen and get to the playoffs and win a playoff game or 9-9 nine and nine and win a playoff game, I, I don't see why you wouldn't bring people back. How do you feel out there? 936-6262, that's the number to call locally, one 766 7670 Or uh, you could text uh, 936-6262. Because remember, listen, in the CFL, it's a 9-team league. So you're not... It's not like the NFL where you do a total and complete rebuild. You strip it down and start over again. I don't necessarily agree with Chris Jones's way of doing it. He likes to do it that way because then he could say it's his guys, his way. He can't win with Darian Durant, and he can't win with Trevor Harris, and he doesn't want to win with the Matthew Betts. He wants to win with his own guys. That's his prerogative. I think you can reload in this league with a little from column A and a little from column B, your guys and other people's guys, okay, in a nine-team league. But if you bring in a whole new regime, you're starting over, baby. Like, you're starting all over. Yeah. And, and it could be a couple of years. Well, we got a call. Oh, let's go here. Let's huh? do it. Hi, who's this? This is John here, Baldy. Hey, man, what's up? Not too much. We can do this if we get guys to protect our quarterback. But when the guys aren't protecting our quarterback, we're not going to go no place if we get hurt again. No, you're right, and they did protect their quarterback, and they uh, they stepped up, man. They did a great job. Oh, I was proud of them on this last game. I was kind of a little shaky a few spots, but they did her. So if we can work our rear ends off again, we can shut Winnipeg down. They can't say that we're no good for nothing. I agree with you, man. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate okay, take it. Take care, Michael. Look at that. So you got a little positivity here. So that's the question for you folks. What is it going to do? Has your opinion changed of this team? Before this, be, the reason I asked this, before the Riders played BC, my phone blew up. Fire everybody. Dickinson's incompetent. We're terrible. O'Day should be gone. Let's, Craig Reynolds, he hasn't done anything. We've been to, we've been to, we haven't been to a great cup since he's taken over. And then, uh, and they're not winning another game and it's awful and this is brutal. And then we play one of the top dogs and we let him off the mat and made it a lot closer than it had to be. And it actually backed up something that I've said. And if you people would just listen to me, like my, I tell my kids, <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I'm usually right. My kids like to argue with me too, and then they're like, Dad, you're right. So let me be your dad today, Sportsgate shareholders, okay? This team is not as bad as people want to make it out to be. Is it flawed? Yes. But there is ever there are a lot of flawed teams, especially with free agency and football zinger. Mm-hmm. Like, the Cincinnati Bengals got to a Super Bowl a couple of years ago with an absolute dumpster fire of an offensive line. Like a dumpster fire. Joe Burrow got sacked in the Tennessee playoff game eight times. 
Eight times he got his ass kicked, and they still won, and they went to the Super Bowl and probably should have won that Super Bowl. They had a less-than-spectacular yeah, secondary and a brutal dumpster-fire O-line, and they almost won the Super Bowl. There are flawed teams on both sides of the border. There's no perfect juggernaut, 49er, Cowboy, Eskimo, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bomber team from... from uh, the 80s. I'm not talking these bombers. These bombers are flawed too. They've got some breaks on their way to get to these three great cups in a row. So we're not that far away. So you just want to blow the whole thing up? I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how this season plays out. Now, if it goes the other way and they come back and they lay a bunch of eggs, then we have to have a totally different discussion. But I want your opinion at 936-6262 locally, one 877 or you can text 936-6262. On the other side, we're late for a break. Let's get to WAGS. Ben Wagner, the Toronto Blue Jays radio network here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking baseball with the latest on the Jays and the MLB. It's Around the Horn with Ben Wagner on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. One of my favorite segments all week. That is our friend Ben Wagner from the Blue Jays Radio Network. And I never, uh, I, I knew who Ben Wagner was. I'd listen the odd time. But since he's joined our show, uh, I really have paid attention to his work. And he does great work over there uh, covering Blue Jays baseball. Thanks for joining us, Ben. I do appreciate it. What a big win yesterday in Baltimore 6 3. And every win is, it's kind of white knuckle time now, the way the Seattle Mariners are playing. Well, thank you so much for the compliment. I really appreciate that. Uh, and you're right. It, it, it is. It is scoreboard watching season. Is widening up all right to finish. Uh, well, you enjoy the taste of it. Well, you know what, Ben? We're going to give you a call back. You're breaking up a little bit there, so we will give them a call back quickly. Yeah, the Blue Jays are playing today at Camden Yards once again in Baltimore. Baltimore 77 and 48. The Blue Jays are 70 and 56 on the season. Uh, Seattle was, um, losing, but they had tied Chicago at three. Um, the White Sox, that is. So it's a big comeback for the Seattle Mariners. And I'm just trying to uh, check the score. It's 4-4 in the bottom of the 10th. So, yeah, Ben, just finish your thoughts. So you're breaking up there. We're saying it's a kind of scoreboard watching time for Jays and Jays fans. It sure is, as you mentioned. And first off, if you miss my, my appreciation for the compliment, mm. I really appreciate that. No. Uh, but, but the white knuckle ride, it is scoreboard watching season. It is definitely... If you can enjoy a blowout here or there, you definitely want to enjoy that because they're going to be short-lived. Yeah. Especially the last two weeks of the regular season in September where you've got nothing but Rays and Yankees. That's going to be the real focus for me, especially those series against the Tampa Bay Rays. But you've got a huge series against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, you've got a couple of series where other teams are clinging for life. And as you mentioned, the Mariners are right there, not not only nipping on the heels, but Right now, the Blue Jays have to be the one nipping on the heels just because of the standings going into the day. Makes it fun, though, doesn't it? It's a long season, right? We talked about this with you about the 90-game mark. You said, you know, you need a little break at the All-Star break. Even you do, a little mental fatigue. But it's fun to go to the booth and call these games, isn't it, now? It's uh, it's electric. You know why? Because you go to the ballpark if you're in the position that you're in the Blue Jays. And honestly, from a baseball fan perspective, we're really, really fortunate, Michael, that every team is essentially making deals into the trade deadline, coming out of the All-Star break with 
hopes and visions of being competitive and playing some meaningful baseball down the stretch, there are a lot of teams right now. And this is the fortunate part from a game standpoint where a lot of games will matter to a lot of teams. So you're going to see a lot of competitive baseball. You're going to see rosters expand by a couple of players here or there. And they're really much more calculated than just getting a rising prospect coming to the big leagues. But from a Blue Jay perspective, of course, I mean, this is where going to the ballpark every day, it's it's almost exhausting when you walk out of there because you're watching the scoreboards, you're thinking that games will hinge on one or two good plays or bad plays. And no. And who's going to make one more than the other? We've been critical, or I've been critical of baseball in the past about being boring and too long and everything like that. But I would say this, with the rule changes and you know that you're adding the wild card teams, giving more hope to fan bases, I'd say baseball's done some right things in the last couple of years. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I've been actually really impressed. It's been a breath of fresh air year for me. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. The pace of play has improved everything. There's an accountability from an at-bat perspective, guys aren't messing around, approaching the box, so they hear the favorite line in the song when they're coming up to the plate. <laughs> and pitchers are accountable, you know, where they're have to be, they're going to have to be on the mound. They're going to have to focus more on making a pitch than the constant "What if I make the wrong pitch?" and then the the always uh, step off or throw over that was just inconsequential. In a 12 to 2 game, we saw too many of those things. There's been such more of an importance, accountability put on both the batter and the pitcher. I think baseball realized just how far away it had gotten from its truest form, where there needed to be some sort of rhythm, some sort of rhythmic establishment on an offensive night or a pitching duel night. And listen, the Blue Jays have had a ton of low scoring affairs and tight ball games. So that, that beauty of the game and its return is something that I've really enjoyed. One, as somebody that absorbs a ton of baseball afternoon and late evening around the Blue Jay games, let alone trying to paint the pitchers every night, you know, when we're, we're doing the broadcast. So one of the things that's important about baseball is it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. That's still the case with all the games and everything like that. I think, and you can help me out, you're closer. Things are okay for the Jays health-wise. Like, Bichette was nicked up. Looks like he's okay. Uh, you had uh, Vladdy Guerrero hurt his wrist, but he's back. He had three hits yesterday. So things to be, the arrows seem to be pointing in the right direction for the Blue Jays that way. Absolutely. You get a couple of guys that are banged up. You get your closer back recently, Jordan Romano, who's been great. His three save opportunities since coming off the injury list. Trevor Richards is back off of the injury list as well. He's a phenomenal asset, under-the-radar kind of guy that can be served early, late in ball games. pocket definition, certainly, with that. But he's just been a really, really nice pickup. And you know what? One more might be coming by the end of this week, and that's Chad Green. He's going to make another assignment at AAA Buffalo on the rehab front. He had his rehab clock stopped. And people kind of forgot about him over the last couple of weeks, but he had to go through the concussion protocol. And if he is even a small sample size of how effective he was as a late-inning or leverage closer. The Blue Jays have completely flipped the script on how they've approached bullpen management in the last couple of years. And while they are healthy, absolutely, they are stocked and stocked with power. It's no more the sidearm slinging it, thumbing it guy, you know, trying to go through awkward or unique, as they love to phrase it, arm angles out of the bullpen. The Blue Jays are coming at you with power, and they have enough power in the bullpen right now to make pitching changes in the fourth, in the fifth inning. And believe it or not, 
in today's game, good bullpens can shorten things up in a hurry that quickly. And that's what makes managers a lot of money if they can push the right buttons. If you get into that fourth or fifth inning, and all of a sudden you dip into that bullpen, and the Blue Jays certainly are poised over the last five weeks of the regular season to get in there and really get after it with the, with the arms that they've got. In football, we got a small amount of games. The Rough Riders had a fork-in-the-road game here where they won and beat BC to go to 5-5 five and five on their bye week, which is always nice. People are smiling. It's a it's a, you know, a good feeling. The Jays have had a messy kind of year against the AL East. I really feel this could be a fork-in-the-road series for the Jays if they can win it and uh, you know win it uh, kind of emphatically. Like yesterday was a nice first step. It'd be nice to see them pour it on the coals again today. It really would, you know, and Jack Flaherty got scratched from Baltimore, right? You've got a guy going with Kevin Gosman who is going to get votes for the Cy Young Award. You've got a you've got a little bit of an opportunity here. Are the Orioles vulnerable? In a big series, not only is it a pressure pack series for the first time that the Orioles have ever with this young core been really kind of twisted into a knot, but now they're having to overcome adversity. And that's a really interesting facet in game number two of this the series the Blue Jays have, can you go in there? Can you make the statement? Can you make the statement over the division leaders? Can you make the run right now? The Rays are heating up again. Uh, can the Blue Jays go in there and hopefully use this as a springboard? I mean, absolutely. The American League uh, Eastern Division has been, quite frankly, the albatross of the season for the Blue Jays. But if you look at the numbers, you know, quietly they've won four in a row against the division. All of a sudden last night, you get a couple of timely hits, and Brandon Bell had the big home run. Understated play in that ball game was Bo Bichette lunging into the hole off to his right, coming up with a huge out for the Blue Jays as well from shortstop. Uh, there are really, really good signs that certainly the Blue Jays are on the cusp. Last night might have been one of the best rounded games of the season for the Blue Jays. Uh, this might be the best pocket of play that we have seen from the Blue Jays yet. And that's a really good sign because you want to be playing your best baseball into the final month. Well, I was looking forward to this all day. I'm going to do my show, and my favorite thing about baseball is listening to it on the radio. So I'm going to put my earbuds in, go for a nice walk, eat some sunflower seeds, and listen to Ben Wagner call a Blue Jays victory over the Orioles. Thanks for your time, Matt. Appreciate it. That's a trifecta in my mind. Enjoy it. <laughs> it is. Take care, man. See ya. See you, pal. All right, yeah. that's uh, Ben Wagner joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. When we come back, uh, we'll get to uh, some more of your texts. Oh, I want to tell you, this show, this first hour of the show, we're going to do a little test here, brought to you by McKenna Farms Incorporated in Davidson, the halfway town. McKenna Farms Incorporated. Listening to the Sports Cage? Tell them you heard about it on the Sports Cage. Yeah. Here on 620 CKRM. Let's go. All right, back with your sports ticker. What do we want to talk about today? A couple big signings in the National Hockey League. Yeah, Evan Bouchard's about to sign a two-year deal worth three point nine a year for the Edmonton Oilers. A good young puck-moving play, uh, power play defenseman. And how about uh, Austin Matthews? What did he get? He got like a four-year deal. Yeah, well, I don't even want to look at that number. It was like fifty-some million dollars, four years, fifty-three million. You can bet Leon Draisaitl and Edmonton's going. I'm better than that bum. Yeah. Hey, it's been a historic season for the. New York Yankees. Did you know that? For all the worst reasons. Okay, yeah. uh, New York's 2-1 to loss to Washington yesterday. The Yankees have now lost nine straight games for the first time in 41 Is years. Is Boone going to get 
That's since 1982. Is Boone going to get punted? He should. Isn't 82 the Billy Martin days? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Bronx Bombers, they're 10 and a half games back of the playoffs. Is is Judge, he was hurt. Is he back? He's back. He just sucks. Everyone sucks. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a rampage. From sideline to sideline, the sports cage has U of Rams football covered. All right, so our friend Sean Kleisinger makes his debut in the broadcast booth. It's funny, uh, this industry as a whole is really trying to, it feels like it's really trying to kill its future by just some of the decisions and stuff. I'm not talking here specifically, I'm just talking in general. And up and coming broadcasters are going by the wayside, but we got a guy coming up here, Sean Kleisinger, that uh, I really believe in. I think he's going to do a great job. He's with Ryan Hall, who does an excellent job of uh, color commentating. He's a longtime successful, well, he was a he was the guy that I replaced on the Rams in terms of the number, uh, number 10, because they were cheap and they went from Hall to Ball. as <laughs> Brad Brad Hirschmiller, who was very frugal at the time, but I, I, I like Brad, good dude. Anyway, so Sean Kleisinger, or so uh, Ryan Hall then went on and we you know a provincial winning uh, high school football coach. He's coached at uh, a couple of reservations here. OKC's the last place where he was at. Um, it's, oh, what was it? That's uh, Kawasis. Uh, and Ochapaway, I think. OKC, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, uh, he has also coached a number of tackling camps and everything like that. He is a color commentator in the booth. And Sean Kleisinger makes his debut as the Rams play-by-play voice. They did a game, the Thunder game, last year on football weekend in Saskatchewan. But, uh, yeah, Sean's going to call the game here tomorrow. It's a 545 pregame show, 6 o'clock kickoff between the Rams and Brian Doby and the Manitoba Bison. So make Make sure you tune in. It's going to be great. Uh, so one thing about uh, we don't do enough in this country, whether it's um, amateur football or or professional football, like people ask me a lot of times, uh, man, you get excited, man. You, well, of course I'm excited. It's a world-class exciting game played by world-class athletes. And if you don't care, nobody else is going to care. So of course I'm going to put in an effort and say I care. Okay. And that's what I'm excited about using. Or you get a chance to step in and do this. And you think about all the stars that have played here, the the Hickses, the Charles, the Hughes, the Neil Hughes, the Jorgen Hughes, the John Ryans, the Jason Claremonts, all the guys that people wouldn't go see because, ah, oh, that's just university or junior football. And then they'd go spend however many hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars to go watch them in the NFL when they're right here in the backyard. You must be geeked to do this game. I tomorrow. am uh, so excited, Ballsy. Yeah. I, I don't, I've been putting in a lot of work. I'm ready to roll, man. It's going to yeah. be a fun. So what can you tell us about this game? Can you tee this up for us? Like, what no. are we looking for? Yeah, here? I'll tee it up. Uh, Jackson, well, I, I'll start with the Rams, I guess. I was going to start with uh, the Bison. Boo. Spe- but, uh, yeah, who cares yeah, about that? Noah Pelshe, he's in his second uh, full year starting at quarterback for the Rams, and he's bringing a lot of that experience that he gathered at Riders training camp, of course, into mm-hmm. the offense this year. And uh, he has a lot of star-studded receivers to work with this year. Uh, Dallin Keene, he's coming off a knee injury. He missed all of last season. Six foot five receiver from the Miller Marauders, so he's back. And uh, Bennett Stusick, Rylan Sokol, familiar name. He was with the Regina Thunder, of course, uh, in the previous seasons. He's yeah. back. He will be wearing number 89 for the Regina Rams this year. Uh, Deshaun Mims, receiver. Oh, yeah, Emmett, he's a good one. Yeah, Robert he's, a good one. Yeah. he's a good one. Emmett Stedman as well. And yeah. one guy I'm looking forward to see on the defensive side of the ball, first year with the Rams, he's a 
cornerback. It's uh, Delani Robinson. He played the last couple years with the West Shore Rebels and the BCFC of the mm-hmm. CJFL. He's from Toronto, Ontario, and he is a rangy corner. I think he's about six foot three, about two hundred pounds, long arms, and uh, from Toronto, as I mentioned. So he's going to be starting on the corner tomorrow night, and he might be the he might be there all season long. So he's going to be matched up against the top and receivers and so on for the first time opposing a, teams, and for the first time in a long time, no Des. Tellier at quarterback. Uh, so you've got uh, what Tachinsky there? Yeah, Jackson Tachinsky. He took over for Des Gatelier, uh a couple seasons ago when Des uh, went down with injury. But this is Jackson Tachinsky's team, and all three other quarterbacks actually on the Bisons came from the same high school in. Brandon, Manitoba. Oh, that's cool. Massey Ferguson, I believe yeah, it, cool. it, 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 it's called. So, yeah, they have a lot of great players, too. The Bisons, a lot of them won't be playing tomorrow. I don't think Michael O'Shea Jr. is playing tomorrow. Okay, He yeah. was on the initial depth chart for the Bisons, but the latest one, I didn't see his name on there. But the big name to look for on offense for the for the Bisons, and he will actually be matched up against uh, Delaney Robinson on the Rams, his wide receiver number one, uh, AK Gazama. He's a big time oh, yeah, deep a, threat, so player, it's going to yeah. be a good game tomorrow, man. It's going to be exciting, and uh, five forty-five pregame show, like you said, and the kickoff will be shortly after six. So we got to, we're going to have like so. Check this out, folks. You want? Ooh. <laughs> Where can I get my sports? Right here, because the show starts at 3, and we're going to roll right into about 9.15. So do the math. That's over six hours of sports right here on 620 CKRM, your voice of country music, your voice of information, and your voice of sports right here. 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. This hour of the show brought to you by McKenna Farms, Incorporated in Davidson. They could have given us a little liner. We could have told us told yeah. them what they did. But uh, McKenna Farms, Incorporated in Davidson. We're doing a little test here. We only have Mondays and Wednesdays open for the sponsorship. So, hey, maybe people come into McKenna Farms or call the people over there and say, hey, I heard them talking about you on the Sports Cage, number one sports show in the province. The shiniest barns in the business, yeah. McKenna there Farms. There you go. There you go. There Give you them go. a call now. Yeah. At 306-555-2405. Is that what it is? No, you, you just made it up. Yeah, the five 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 is the move is what oh. they use in movies. Movies, yeah. See, I'm 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 smart. I'm well, I wonder, smart. can I use their cell phone they gave us? Yeah, well, can I do that? I wonder. I will. Give a listen. Do this right now for for me for do this for me, okay? Yeah, do it. McKenna Farms Incorporated in Davidson. Give them a call right now and tell them you are listening to the Sports Cage. 306-567-0130. Okay? Ask them what they do. Maybe they can help you out. There you go. All right. So let us... um talk about what's going on in the world of sports a little more in depth here. I didn't get to a lot of these at the start. How about this in the NFL? Um, I always thought that they were... They were... Uh, hey... It's really good football in the FCS Football Championship Series Conference of yeah. NCAA Division One, and so I um, I knew who Trey Lance was coming up, mm-hmm. but he didn't get that many starts, man. And then remember the COVID year, he didn't get to play because of the COVID year, so they held that one game for him, that one exhibition game, so he could kind of show off. And the Forty ers 
They traded up, I think, to get into third spot and take Trey Lance third overall in the NFL draft a couple of drafts ago. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan, the great Kyle Shanahan, who everybody brags about, you know, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, the two smart guys there in. Um, well, didn't he like miss his San Francisco his junior year? That's what I mean. Yeah, like he only I think yeah. he got hurt or something. He played one game and he only he was only the starter for one complete year at North Dakota yeah, State. Yeah, and, and then he had the one like, exhibition game because of COVID, and they went out and got him because they liked the way he looked and everything like that. And I'm not I'm not poo pooing on the kid, uh, but he now is the third string quarterback. Apparently, he wasn't at 49ers practice today, and they're going to decide what to do with him, see if they can deal him off. Probably. <laughs> He's probably, he's probably just happy he made a couple million dollars, <laughs> Trey Lads, you know. Well, but that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, these agents tell you to get the money right away, right? And you would have got a lot of money. But in order to get that next contract, you got to be set up for success, and he really isn't set up mm-hmm. for success. So now he's behind Brock Purdy, who, what a story that is. Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, yeah. who, when he was at USC, I thought this guy was going to be the next thing, yeah. and he really hasn't materialized well, it's better that way. to be a bust in the first round because he already secured a bit of bag. If you're going to yeah. be a bust in the later yeah. rounds, you don't have much Speaking to go Speaking of off. that, I watched, uh, I watched Johnny Manziel's Untold documentary. Oh, what you think? I watched it, too. It was good, except they never included anything in the CFL. Yeah, that was disappointing. But he never watched one second of game tape. <laughs> yeah, like his with, I, the, with the Browns. Yeah, his 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 agent was there, and his agent who fired him said, "Yeah, come on, he watches tape." And the GM, I forget who it was at the time, said, "No, honestly, his iPad usage so zero point zero zero." Yeah. Can you believe that? National Never watched fo- any game tape. I'm, I'm assuming it was that way in college, too. Like, well, he did. He said he just ran around yeah. and just pl- run around and throw to the open guy. Yeah. That's why it's a lot. A lot of these guys don't translate. Eventually, you got to be able to be book smart. You got to be able to dissect the defense. You got to be able to, to, to complete a pass yeah. from the pocket, man. And he just couldn't do it. Could you imagine the mentality Johnny Menzel going into the NFL thinking, okay, I'm going to see if I can replicate what I did in college by not watching film and just running around and making plays. Yeah. Like, he actually thought that was going to fly in the yeah, National no Football <laughs> Well, you heard the old story about Jamarcus Russell from the, from the Raiders. Story. Jamarcus Russell, they used to, they used to at the end of the f- DVD films they sent home with him, DVD kids, they look like coasters, but that's what, what they had back in the day. Yeah. And they would put little, uh, little uh, funny joke questions at the end, and they'd ask him the next day, and he didn't have an answer because he never watched any of them. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? They tricked them. Crazy. They tricked the poor that's, man. That's that's the thing too, though. Like, yeah, yeah. that's too bad. It is. It, well, they, these teams they gotta they gotta know they gotta know these individuals a bit better than in the pre-draft process. Like, well, they, Johnny, like Johnny they gotta the, know this kind well, of thing. Well, Johnny was gonna go first to Houston because he was in in the Tex with the Texans. He's a Texas god, right? Yeah. Well, he. The the owner then McNair had this charity and and Johnny donated to the charity and he hung out and shook hands, kissed babies, everything looked good. He went golfing the next day and the owner got a call saying Johnny's running around on the fifth hole and he snapped a bunch of clubs over his over his uh, knee and threw it in the water. So that ended him getting Jadavian Clowney went first. He didn't go till twenty second, and I guess when Cleveland showed up, Cleveland flies in to Texas to work him out. So the day before they go out for oh, supper, they go out for supper. Okay, sorry, I'm spoiling for you, but it's it's good talk here. They go out for supper, and that goes swimmingly because the guy's got an unbelievable personality. 
Then him and the receivers that were supposed to catch for him on his workout went out and got absolutely tanked, and they never showed up. So Johnny... He was thrown to his agent. To his agent, run a slant. <laughs> I could just picture you watching that, just losing Oh, I was like, mind. are you kidding me? Anyway. Uh, so yeah, Trey Lance, the third stringer with the 49ers, and Jonathan Taylor, the great running back for the Indianapolis Colts, wants a trade, and they are telling him he can uh, he can explore a trade opportunity, and he's got till next Tuesday That's to Unbelievable! It. It's like the guy, the best player on their team. He is. You know? It's just you crazy Anthony, the disrespect. You don't think Anthony Richardson would love to have him, oh. uh, the new quarterback yeah. for the Colts? No, I know. Did you see a practice, a practice yesterday? Uh, Anthony Richardson got punched in the face at joint practice with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, one of the Eagles defensive linemen wound up and just socked them one in the benches cleared melees. I wish we do that. I wish we do that. We used to have a rookie training camp game between the Riders and the Blue Bombers in Saskatoon. I'd love to see that. We're just the rookies play. Just yeah. the rookies come and have a game like that. I think that's cool what the NFL you, does. You imagine if he charged just like five, ten bucks. And gave it to charity. And yeah. And gave it to charity. There you go. Anyway, we're going to take a break and be back with more of your texts. Keep them coming. The the what what is your opinion of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Has it changed after that big victory to go to 5-5? Five and five? Because I heard from a lot of people, fire everybody. They're not winning another game. What a grease fire. What an embarrassment. We are up and down like a roller coaster in Rider Nation. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Man, I've made it. I've made it. Guess who just followed me on Twitter? Who? John Gibbons. No way. Johnny Gibbons. The Gibby. Okay, Gibby. Ask Gibby to come on the show. Yeah, let's go. I should get Gibby on the show. Let's do it. He literally just followed me on Twitter. You can too at The Real Ballsy. Be a part of the. Be a part of it. Be a part of the foundation. Everybody's on board. Yeah. Okay. So Love John uh, Gibbons. Yeah. Uh, I like Johnny. Johnny was a good guy. Let's get some texts. Uh, I produce the food to keep the world going, guys. Feeding the world. Love the show. Uh, anonymous texter. Uh, got this. I always have faith in the riders, but I'm tired of uh, looking at O'Day. But I don't mind Craig Dickens, and the team made me very happy on Sunday. The O line and defense was amazing, but running game still sucked. It's time for Hickson because Morrow has done nothing all year. Hopefully, Jake can turn into something, and we can keep him there instead of Harris. Well, uh, we want to win a Grey Cup. We're gonna win. We're probably gonna win it with Trevor Harris as our quarterback. I'll just say that right now. Uh, it's not a straight line to uh, success. So if you think Jake Dolagala is going to come in here and just rip it up, I'd be very shocked. I was happy with his effort and did a great job. Uh, keep the text coming. Has it changed your opinion? The Rough Riders, 5-5 five and five instead of 4-6. and six. They beat the BC Lions. How do you feel about your football team? Uh, 936-6262, the number to... Um, Text Capital Auto Group sponsors that nine three six sixty two sixty two or one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. The number to call that is our Western Pizza Hotline. I, it's easy to fire people. Who are you going to replace them with? How long does it take to, uh, you know, get a different uh, hmm. methodology? We're coming off of a big things. win, yeah, baby. Let, let's. Let... Well, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying before this, no, people I'm, I'm, were not, all... I'm not talking about you. Yeah. I'm talking about the outside noise. I'm talking about the outside noise. You know, fan, 
I'm not. I don't want to tell fans how they should think because that's not what I'm here to do. Yeah. But I'm just saying, let's just enjoy this win, baby. TC says, dudes, for once, everything fell the riders' way. Stamps, Red Blacks, and Tiger Cats lost. The riders won. It's looking like we're playoff bound, baby. I'm optimistic. We split with Winnipeg. I got right now. I put the riders at fifth in the power rankings only because Montreal handed us our lunch. I think that's a mirage. I have the riders a solid fourth in the CFL. Fourth. That should tell you they got a chance to win the Grey Cup. Come on. Get on board. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back to the show in this second hour of the show. Brought to you by our friends at the... Uh, hold on a second here. You gotta find it. You gotta find it. Well, so many texts coming in here. I know. Uh, we gotta do this here. Dirt Bandits in Regina. The Dirt Bandits in Regina. They do landscaping. So check them out. Say hi to Devin. And tell Devin you heard it on the sports cage. They're our uh, hour two sponsor here on a Wednesday. Maybe they want to sponsor the show regularly. The Dirt Bandits. Oh, I want to see that logo. I would too. Actually, I can see that. Anyway, go check out the Dirt Bandits. Hour two of the show here on the Sports Cage brought to you by the good gang there. Thanks to them for listening. I've got some sad news to pass along. Terrible Terry Funk, the king of hardcore, has passed away at the age of uh, 79 due to uh, complications from dementia. And you, you could bet that was brought on by his hard, hard wrestling career. This guy was doing like, um, he was doing hardcore matches into his 50s. In fact, when he was 50, when he was 50, you could find it uh, somewhere, he wrestled against his friend and rival, Mick Cactus Jack Foley, who you, you, your age, my age, we'd probably, well, me, I consider Terry the goat of hardcore, but people your age and younger would think of Mick Foley, yeah. and rightfully so, but before Mick Foley, there was Terry Funk. Anyway, they wrestled one time, and he was 50 at the time, okay? It was advertised as a barbed wire rope, exploding barbed wire boards, and exploding ring time bomb death match. It's as bizarre as it sounded. Like things blowing up, exploding barbed wire. Like it was ridiculous. That type of match is in video games, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Well, this wasn't a video game. It was real life. This guy put his body on the line for people. And... He was one of the greats, but he wasn't like he wasn't rich like The Rock, or he's like one of those hockey guys or football guys like Dick Butkus, or let's think of some of the CFL guys mm-hmm. like the George Reeds put their body on the line to help build the game zinger, and they didn't get paid like people get paid now. He's an absolute legend. I remember I had a bunch of wrestling magazines growing up, and yeah. I had a like uh, I subscribed to the WWE magazine. That's what it was. And every single month they would send me a magazine. Yeah. And I remember the one magazine I, I got had Terry Funk on the cover, yeah. and he was just just cut to pieces and stuff. So whenever like his face from yeah. Hardcore, so anytime I think of Terry Funk, I think of that magazine. The I got. one I remember is when he uh, was fighting. He was he was uh, broadcasting an N. Uh, it was in the NWA, and, NWA he was, yeah. and he was broadcasting a Ric Flair championship match. I forget who Rick was fighting, but he won the match. And he Ricky was broad- Steamboat. He was might have been, and he was broadcasting in a tuxedo. 
with Jim Ross and he came in to congratulate Ric Flair and challenge him to a match. He said, well, you got, there's people waiting for you, Rick said. You got to get in line. And he just beat the hell out of him. Was, <laughs> threw him through tables and stuff. That's one of the Those best. Those were the days of wrestling where people weren't quite sure if it was real or not. You know, they were bouncing on the fine line of believing everything. Well, two of my things with with uh, with him is he said, uh, what did he say about himself? He said he's uh, described himself meaner than a rattlesnake and tougher than shoe leather and he said i can't make people believe that wrestling is real but i sure as hell can make them believe that i'm real and he absolutely did he was a football player too at yeah. west texas yeah, and he's a stud anyway if you uh r.i.p you you go back best thing about youtube is you could just google terry funk and there'll be a whole bunch of tributes and matches on there you can watch anyway this guy is we're going long distance to talk to our next guest let's get to him Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. All right, uh, time to head out on the Western Pizza Hotline, and we are going a long way away. Jakarta, Indonesia, with our friend Arash Madani. It's Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions. You travel all over the place. Is this your first time to Indonesia? It is. It's not Coast to Coast uh, the next couple of weeks, Paul. It's uh, Ocean to Ocean. Is yeah. that what we're going to call it? That's what we could call it, man. So first, set the scene for us. How cool is that place? Well, it is, it is absolutely different. I mean, the city of Jakarta, which is where pool play around Robin is for Canada and France and Lebanon, Latvia, that's the group Canada's in. Jakarta's population, the city, is almost the same as Canada. It's a 35 million uh, population. Wow. Everywhere you look, it's bikes, it's motorbikes, it's scooters, it's little tuk-tuks, people getting around. The traffic's wild, the smoke is wild, the action is wild. And um, we just actually got in. It's 11-hour time difference here. Um, we got in from going to a night street market for dinner where everyone's just grilling outside. If you want seafood, if you want chicken, if you want rice, if you want pancakes... Oh, this is your kind of town, man. Everything's there for like three, four, five bucks. So wow. it's uh, that's a cool part. Like this a, is a good place to be. I've always said you're a refined guy, and I think part of it is because of your job. Like you get to uh, you get to experience different cultures and watch sports. I mean, man, you got a sweet gig. It's the best. It's the best. And the the chicken skewers tonight. Not to get too down the rabbit hole on food. Ten little mini chicken skewers, mm-hmm. three bucks Canadian, Ballsy. Wow! So inflation I, I hasn't the hit there. Said, no, it's for both of us. Like camera guy and me. He said, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." So when I gave him five, I thought he was going to cry. I'm like, "It's all right. It's all you, man." That is that inflation hasn't hit Jakarta, uh, at least for our Sportsnet friend here <laughs> and, and Sports Cage uh, correspondent uh, Arash Madani. This is why we love having him on. It's a cool, uh, cool little segment. All right, so we are there for the FIBA Men's World Cup, which is part of major international basketball uh, and an Olympic qualifier for the Paris Olympics. Big opportunity for Canada. Huge opportunity for Canada. And I want to say this properly, Balsy, but this is this is the sense you get. Like for a long time, since Steve Nash was playing for the national team back at like the Sydney 2000 Olympics, there's like a generation of people around basketball in this country who just said, 
wait, wait. It's going to happen. One day they're going to play. One day these NBA guys are going to come together and it's going to happen. And they've asked these guys to make a six-week commitment. Like they started August 1st in Toronto for training camp. They did that for a week. They just wrapped up five exhibition games, friendlies in Europe. And now there's eight NBA players on this roster. And the story is no longer who isn't here. It's about who is. Like Shea Gilgis-Alexander is all NBA first team. He's literally one of the best five players in the world. So Canada is trying to get back to the Olympics for the first time in a quarter century. And they've never had a team this good, this loaded, and this stacked. Well, you're, you're, now uh, they just got to go do it. Yeah, now, now we they got to go do it, right? Here with Arash Madani. Arash, just, just like you tell, you tell me this is a big deal, and I get it's a big deal. I'm more a hockey guy than I am a basketball, a basketball guy, like on an international stage. I kind of look at this sure. when you're describing it as like, it's kind of like a Canada Cup into an Olympics qualifier all tied into one, if that makes sense from my perspective. It does. It does. It also has kind of a soccer World Cup vibe where the prelim pool games, round robin matches, you know, they're taking place in three different cities mm-hmm. uh, in Japan, in Indonesia, in Manila. And then all the medal games are going to be in the Philippines coming up in early September. Yeah. And this is a, like the World Cup thing is a big deal. Now, for Canada to get to the Olympics, which is what the main reason these guys are playing. They have to finish top two in the Americas. So the Americas, of course, includes the United States, but in, also includes the Dominican Republic, who have Carl Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves, mm-hmm. and Mexico and Brazil and, and Venezuela and the rest. So, look, on paper, Canada's a top two team. On paper, Canada should get through. But the one thing about the FIBA game, Balti, this is not the NBA they play four 10-minute quarters. It's a lot more physical. You only get five fouls. There's no defensive three in the key. It, uh. It's a totally different way of playing basketball, and team basketball matters. This isn't a superstar going off for 53 in a game. And so this is where the European teams and some of the uh, Central and South America teams who have come up together and have that chemistry – and sometimes have a little bit of an advantage too. So, Arash, there's a guy. Ah, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, he helped the Nuggets win the championship. Came back from major injury. Oh yeah, Jamal yes. Murray. Jamal Murray's not playing for Canada. How big a deal is this? It's a significant deal because look, if Jamal's playing, he and Shea Gilgis Alexander are the best backcourt in the world. Period. So Jamal missing means you're going to have a real lack of depth, you know, in the backcourt for Canada with the guard play. You're going to miss that stone-cold killer who can hit a three-point shot. Although R.J. Barrett of the New York Knicks, who went to Duke, he's really filling in that role nicely, hitting hitting three-point shots. Yeah. But, I mean, you're losing Balti, a top 10, top 15 player in the world by Jamal not being here. So, that should not, that all said, that should not factor in on Canada whether or not they make it to the Olympics or not. It's it's a big void, but look, there are a lot of teams that don't. Canada opens with France on Friday. Joel Embiid is not playing for France. Victor Wambayamba is not playing for France. LeBron's not here for the U.S. On and on we can go. 
not every team is at full strength. Well, this uh, Gilgis Alexander guy, I know who he is. He's a great player, but uh, the the casual basketball fan that might tune in uh, might not. But it could be his coming out party, couldn't it? It really could. Look, th- this is a dude, Balzi, who's legit. He's literally today top five player in the NBA, as I mentioned. But he's stuck in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and the Thunder are dreadful, and nobody cares about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, but, you know, went to University of Kentucky, one and done there, lottery pick, and this dude has it. Uh, for Canadians who aren't familiar with SGA, you hear that a lot, it's going to be, a, it's going to be all about the initials this week. RJ Barrett and Shea Gilgis Alexander SGA. You're about to see a stone cold baller play for Canada. Hey, I want to go back to the differences in the game for a second, Arash. Uh, how do you think that's going to impact Canada? Yeah. More physicality, no three seconds in the key. You might not see a guy go off for 52 points. How's that going to affect our team? Well, it, it already has because the, you know, I, I reported just a little while ago, Canada said it's final 12 and the 12th man on the roster, they're not bringing an extra guard. They're using a 21 year old kid from Purdue University. Zach Eady has made the roster. Why? He's seven foot one. You're mm-hmm. saying to yourself, okay, why does that size matter? The, the most important game on Canada's schedule is this Friday against France. And they have Rudy Gobert, NBA vet, who can just sit in the middle of the key and he can block shots, he can get in the way, he can be a real problem. Canada's going to need to find a way to get Edie, uh, to get uh, Gobert out of the paint. They're going to need to find a way to use Edie to, you know, on the glass for some rebounds. They're going to need five extra fouls. So already in the roster construction, that's, that's significant. And the other is when a big dude like Gobert can just sit in the middle of the paint, that's a problem. So the majority of the offensive game plan for Canada against France is centered around one player from the defensive standpoint. And that's something you just rarely, I was talking to Dwight Powell, who's an NBA vet today. I was talking to Lou Dort, both Canadians. They said, you know, when we get our SBA scouting report, that's not the way it reads. So it's altogether different when that happens. Man, the uh, line from Indonesia is so clear. It's better than when we talked to you in Toronto. This is amazing. But I am going to keep you a little longer for this segment because I don't want to lose you and jinx it. Uh, so you, you mentioned France or Ashmedani. Uh, it would seem to me that game goes 7.30 our time here on Sportsnet in Saskatchewan, 9.30 Eastern time, AM, in the AM, by the way. Um, it would seem to me, just judging by what you're saying, if Canada gets by this world powerhouse France, they're sitting pretty. They're sitting pretty through cool play. Yeah, so after yeah. that, it's they basically play every other day, Balzi. Yep. Friday, off day Saturday. Then they get Lebanon on Saturday uh, on Sunday, rather. And then they would play Latvia on Tuesday. And Latvia is missing Christoph Porzingis, mm. a terrific big man who's bounced around. The Knicks and the Mavericks, uh, Washington, and now and now Boston. So, beat France, you should win the group, which then means you'll get the number two team in the other pool, which is probably going to be one of Spain or Brazil, probably Brazil. And 
If Canada does win that, then they're off to the medal rounds in the Philippines. But here's the thing, and you know how this goes. This is, these are not the seven best of five series. These are one and done. It's March Madness. It's the NCAA tournament. And the one thing about Canada's basketball history is over and over again through the years when they've been the favorite, they have fallen all over themselves, literally. Slipping on logos on the floor in the fourth quarter, coughing up the ball, losing the game. They've lost to a guy named Jared Sadoransky of Czech Republic who went off in Victoria a couple of years ago. You know, Kelly Olenek has answered the call for Canada for like 15 years now, an NBA vet. And he was telling me, we have invented new ways of losing and blowing it here. So, yes, on paper, they're the squad, but in a one-and-done situation, it's any given Sunday, right? Well, and I, I get a little nervous, right? They haven't been to the Olympics in men's basketball since Steve Nash back in uh, Sydney in 2000, and I get a little nervous just coming off the Women's World Cup final. Like, I hear Arash Madani, who knows his stuff, is telling me they, they're in good shape, but I saw what the women's soccer team did. Yeah, and and there's no margin for error here, which is why they went, like, again, they've asked these guys to make a six-week commitment. And I was talking to a couple of vets today, Balzi, and I'm like, hey, like, there are a lot of Canadians who want to know, like, you guys went to Europe for two weeks and you played five games. Um, what else did you get into? And he said, well, you know, we had a few team bonding dinners, but outside of that, it's been card games at the hotel and got tired of those. We moved on to board games. And I just kind of looked at him. I'm like, Dwight, what are you talking about? You guys are NBA players. You're, you know, you're in Germany, you're in Spain, like the nightlife, whatever. And he just said, we got a bunch of gym rats here who want to win. And then they've been doing ballsy on off days today. It was a two a day workout for them. I'm like, you're two days before starting a world cup and you're practicing twice. These dudes want it. Yeah. And they have to come together quick. And so they bought in. They're like, if we're going to invest six weeks of our lives, we may as well make it worth it. We can go party all season, you know, in the NBA. Yeah. Um, but let's, if, if we're committed to doing this, let's make it happen. And it's a team of vets. Not a lot of kids on this roster. So the experience you would think should help. Well, and it, it's always something to put your jersey on. Uh, that's a Canadian jersey for any uh, competition internationally. Lastly, Arash, I tell you what, man, it is uh, it is truly amazing. I don't think you know we hear the names Jamal Murray or you know a few other the names R.J. Barrett. And you're thinking to yourself, oh yeah, yeah. But then you think, man, has the has the basketball program in this country really developed? Well, I want to tell you something, and it may stun you, because we think of Spain with the Gasol brothers and Ricky Rubio and Jose Calderon and the rest. You think about France and all the players that they have. What, a, what an Eastern European influence there is in the NBA. How many African players there are in the league. Do you know by representation, outside of the United States, there is no country that has more players in the NBA than Canada. That's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Isn't that wild? It is wild, man. It's... And it's not just dudes at the end of the bench. It's impact players. It's Murray winning championships. It's SGA who's an all-star. It's, it's 
dudes who can ball and getting paid. And I'm telling you, if Canada does it this summer, this is this is twofold for this for this program. Like the guys are they're they're careful not to say it out loud because we're very Canadian. We say sorry all the time. Mm-hmm. But they want to be taken seriously globally. And there's only one way to do it in sports, man. That's why there's a scoreboard. You gotta win. Yeah. I'll, and they have a chance to do that over the next uh, few weeks. And we have our man on the scene in Indonesia, the only uh, local sports show that does. It is the Sports Cage. It is Arash Madani from Sportsnet. And we used to call this coast to coast for two weeks. We're calling it Ocean to Ocean for Smart Investing Solutions. Thanks for your time, my friend. <laughs> Take care. Have fun over there. Thank you, Ballsy. I, I bet Brian Golly never thought we'd be doing this from Indonesia, but that's yeah. why this is the best segment. I love it. We probably just re-signed the contract, which is good for both of us. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. At times, it's dropping a bunt down. Instead, he's going to swing away and hit it to right center field and gone! On the first pitch he sees, Brandon Belt has given the Blue Jays a 5-3 to lead. Yeah, Brandon Belt, he ain't dropping any bunts down. He's swinging for the fences, and he did just that. A two-run home run in the top of the 10th inning yesterday at Camden Yards in Baltimore as the Toronto Blue Jays came away with a 6-3 to win, the final score. Pretty clutch, if you ask me. Brandon Belt, his 14th home run of the season. He is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give them a call at 781 781- 1077. And your sports ticker at 437 is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. All you have to do is give them a call at 781-2090. And all we have to do is look at this scoreboard. Things are getting mighty exciting here in Major League Baseball. The Seattle Mariners lost this afternoon to the Chicago White Sox. So, with that... The Toronto Blue Jays can tie Seattle in the standings if Toronto beats Baltimore tonight. As it sits right now, the Jays are just a half a game behind the Seattle Mariners. And I know I'm talking like it's the last day of the regular season here. But hey, it's almost September. It's time to look forward to the playoffs. The Sports Cage is your voice for football. Not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Never like to see anybody get injured. Never like to see um, one of your friends get injured. We consider this guy a friend of the Sports Cage. He is Nathan Cherry, defensive lineman for the uh, BC Lions and uh, U of S Husky grad. We had him on the phone before the Lions even got him when yeah, he got when he was drafted yeah. a couple of drafts ago. Anyway, uh, he hurt his uh, leg here uh, making a tackle on Jamal Morrow. Great plays. He strung him out sideline to sideline, but he left without any weight. I believe it was on his left knee, if I'm not mistaken, and he is out for the year with a knee injury. So Nathan Cherry hurt and will not finish the year off with the BC Lions. Uh, our um, CFL report brought to you by our good friends at Kevin's Marine in Fort Capel. Now, you can get a boat or pontoon by making, you know, by doing that, you make the most out of summer and you can check them out in person. Kevin's Marine, right there in Fort Capel or online, kevinsmarine.com. 
Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. So Zinger, you're about to embark on calling your first ever Regina Rams game, your second ever football game. And I, uh, I've, I've told this story before. One of the worst things that ever happened to me was I was I got picked on Fred and Willie's morning show to do the uh, to do the uh, junior sports broadcaster, and I got to be in the booth with Kevin Gallant. But I got sick and couldn't do it. And never never made it up. And Kevin's one of those guys is why I wanted to get into radio. There's a few people, but he's one of them because he used to make the game sound so exciting, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I remember going to a Pats game, and I went to, I think it was a Pats-Calgary Wranglers game or whatever, uh, after listening to him call a game. And my dad bought me tickets. We went to the game, and I'm like, I mean, it was good, but it was underwhelming compared to what I listened to on the radio. Yeah, yeah, I know what you Do you mean. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a that's kudos to him. That's a, probably the best compliment you can give a broadcaster as I'm pumping his tires and he's on the Western Pizza Hotline right now. Hi, Kevin. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great, man. Uh, Kevin, um, so you were a part in the booth of some, like it's really, sometimes as a broadcaster you got to polish a turd because they just, they're not great games. Like that Montreal game I did the other week there in Montreal when the team didn't show up and all the fans could leave, but I couldn't. It was my job to stay there and describe that train wreck. Uh, but you were a part of some amazing teams with the Regina Pats where it was just fun to call the games. Well, certainly. I mean, I was there 80 to 88 calling the games, and, uh, you know, it was um, every year the Pats are in the conversation to win a Western Hockey League championship, right? And, yeah. Uh, the culture was incredibly strong, and um, it all started in 79 with Bob Strum and a lot of recruiting, some great hires, and, and a philosophy. And uh, so... I didn't have many bad games. I mean, uh, you know, I think the first six or seven years that I broadcast, the average was 47 wins a year. Wow. Isn't that awesome, man? That is is just – and you never knew what you are going to see each night, right? Like that team, those teams were were unbelievable, weren't they? Just just the way they – like I think I read you tweeted somewhere they led the league in scoring something like – or the six highest – the six highest uh, scoring seasons in Pat's history? The six highest scoring seasons in Regina Pat history from 79-80 to uh, 84-85 when Strummer left – were all those years he was the GM, or in some years he was the coach. But during those years, uh, they won 283 games. And if you look back, the top six scoring Regina Pat teams were from his, from, you know, under his guidance, right? Mm. Which, you know, obviously speaks to the job he did as GM of the Pats and uh, why he's now going to be uh, inducted into the Regina. Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah, see, and there's the professional broadcaster there, Zinger. I, I had gone on about Kevin Glant, but the reason I had Kevin on, just besides talking to him, is to talk about Bob Strum. So he did it for me. Thanks, uh, Kevin. I appreciate that. That's good. You corrected me. It's a, that's awesome. Hey, hey, bro. Uh, what do you uh, what What did you like about Bo- like some guys are like you know a uh, Glenn Sather? It was like kind of that same era. They 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 saw something and they 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 saw it. Uh, Two steps or two processes ahead of everybody else. Was Bob Strum like that? Oh, yeah. Like, Strummer would, Strummer loved to scout. He would scout 
you know, junior A. He'd scout midget at the time. He'd go to hockey camps in the summer and scout kids, seeing what they're doing. Um, you know, he, I mean, and he had an array of scouts, too, and he really trusted him. And he was, um, you know, he was really dialed in. And one of the things that um, made Strummer and the Pat so successful is back in his days, they didn't have a draft. So any Regina player was available to any team in the Western Hockey League. So what he would do is he made sure that he covered his backyard and he made sure that he got just about every Regina Pat player that he possibly that he possibly could. And I think in six years, he had 35 players who donned the Pat's uh, uniform. Um, so he would, he would make sure, he would personally scout these players because he didn't want to lose any of the local players. And then he always felt that for a young 15-year-old or 14-year-old in Regina, they really, the Pats logo meant a lot to them, more so than maybe to some out-of-town players. So that was a, that's what I kind of remember him was just his, he really believed in scouting and he had a really strong scouting staff, but he really had a lot of focus on the Regina players that were coming out of Regina minor hockey program. Which is smart, isn't it, Kevin, when you think about it? And you know with sons and hockey right now, you got to put trust in another family to billet your kid. Your kid moves away at 15 and 16. I mean, that's crazy when you think. My, my kid moved away at 18, 19, and they're still not developed at that age. Think about that. Like it, That is because it's very hard to scout and to see, uh, to, to see how a 15-year-old is going to develop. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in my case, I'm my kids are probably better off being at billets than being at home. <laughs> but he he just there there was a lot of talent here, and he just wanted to make sure he didn't he didn't want someone to play for another organization and burn him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he he, he just felt that it was really important uh, that the local hockey was uh, really um, scouted and you know uh, and he recruited uh, very well. He was. He, he he could identify talent, and there was no better recruiter. And those were his two biggest things that I will take from from him. I mean, the guy had four consecutive Western Hockey League scoring champions. You know, Wickenheiser, Varga, Callender, and Durkach. And only one other team has done that, and that was the Flin Flom Bombers uh, from 66 or 67 to 71. Like he had the most 70 goal scorers in one season. He's had... You know, I remember he had, um, in 79-80, he had five 100-point players on the team. You know, he just, and it was all about offense, and he wanted to entertain, and he looked for skilled hockey players. So he's, you know, he brought that, and I, I believe he's the best general manager in the history of the Regina Pats in those in those six years. And, you know, there's a lot of people who, who believe that as well. He went on you know, to be in the NHL for 15 years with Columbus and Detroit. And he, he introduced hockey in Las Vegas, the thunder, mm-hmm. um, and was inducted into the Nevada sports hall of fame in 2018. So I'm really glad that he's going to be acknowledged and, um, and in to be in the hall of fame in Regina. And he's not the first scrum. His dad, Gil Strum, uh, was a minor softball co- or a softball coach for, uh, girls in the fifties. And his dad, with uh, the Govan team uh, in 54, won a Western Canadian Championship and made it in. So he's got a lot of pride. He was a bat boy, Strummer was, for that team, by the way. But he's got a lot of pride 
about being selected uh, into the Regina Sports Hall of Fame. You know, I, it's long overdue. I got to take you out for lunch and pick your brain. You're an absolute Rolodex. I forgot about that. That's one. That's one thing I forgot about you, Kevin Gallant. Um, uh, and uh, last, I got to ask you this question: Who's the best pad of all time? Is it Dirk Catch or is it Connor Bedard? Oh, please! Um, it's you know what? It's Dirk Catch in my mind still. Like there's no. Yeah. It's it's you know. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, you just think about the winning and everything else like that. Uh, Dirk Hatch was electric. Um, yeah, he was. I, I, I will always say Dirk Hatch. I, uh, Connor will be number two. Connor may end up being the best Pat outside of the Pats playing in pro hockey. Um, but I, I still, I watched a lot of Connor's games in the last three years my kid played with them and hmm. i i really believe that Dirk catch is still the um the greatest bat ever and and there's a lot of guys that are close that were unbelievable like you know uh doug wickenizer yeah rubber band man jock calendar yeah there were so many incredible regina pat players uh for sure right and yeah you know he had strummer in his time at 36 players drafted into the nhl in his, in his time so that he was responsible for either they played or he recruited them, or he listed them, right? Like That's awesome. Um, the, a lot of people don't uh, remember that he made sure that Mike Sillinger and Frank Kovac were going to be Regina Pats, and he left, but he put them on, he identified them and put them on the list, right? So, you know. That's a neat uh, story. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's yeah. uh, that. And, of course, uh, yeah, you had the pup line there, right? With uh, Hewitt yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that was the pup line, and, and he... And he obviously didn't have Jamie Heward. Yep. Uh, he made the trade, Heward for Falloon. And in fact, uh, he was in Spokane and he brought a hockey bag with, I think, Heward's name on it and everything, as the story goes, uh, so that Bill Hickey and Doug Sauter would see that. Uh, and they really wanted Heward. And, uh, <laughs> and they, I think that kind of forced the trade because they felt that Heward was going to be heading off to uh, Spokane. So... That night or the next morning, they made the trade, and uh, and uh, so inadvertently, he gave the Regina Pats Jamie Hewitt. That's outstanding. Hey, Kevin, thanks for your time, man. We're up against the clock. Love to, uh, love to have you on again because there's lots we could talk about. Take care, bud. Take care, man. That's the great work. Thanks, bud. That's Bye. that's Kevin Gallant. Uh, used to be the voice of the Pats. Went to the uh, International Hockey League there with the Thunder, and was the voice of the Calgary Stampeders too for a spell. Okay. So he's done it okay, all, man. Kevin. He's done it all. Uh, this is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Austin Matthews signing a five-year deal worth, or four-year deal worth $53 million. So if he keeps on his pace, he'll be the leading scorer passing uh, Matt Sundin. Can they win a championship with him? That's the big key. But you could say the same thing about Connor and Leon in Edmonton. Hey, we've got this tornado warning continuing by Environment Canada. Um, you can always go to Sask Stormwatch. It's a great website to check out, but I will relay the information here. Uh, Douglaston, uh, Auburnton, Alameda, Oxbow, uh, Frobisher, Northgate, and Glen Ewan, right in that area. It's a... It's a uh, uh, purplish pink little 
box here and it's got the warnings there so uh keep your eye on the sky there and you can always send us a text at 936-6262 and let us know what's going on in your area we're in a broom closet here uh with no windows just doing the show um this uh portion of the show is brought to you by our sponsor for today because we're trying to show you the power of radio why don't you give Devin a call at the dirt bandits in regina they do landscaping uh i don't have their number but look up dirt bandits and you'll be able to find them the dirt bandits all right keep the text coming at 936-6262 great game when is roll uh roll roland milligan back daryl from regina wants to know and somebody also wants to know about amari henderson can't help you either way um i know milligan has a, a foot injury um, and it's still, it's one of those uh, nagging foot injuries. I know that for a fact. He did have uh, surgery from what I'm told. And hopefully um, he'll be back in the second half here. And Amari uh, uh, Henderson left with a back injury, but he ran off the field under his own power after laying motionless on the ground for a while. But he, I don't know how long he's out for. Do you know what I'd love to see? On my way home after the Ryder game on Sunday, yeah. I saw Probably, I think he was maybe like eight or ten years old, eight-year-old kid. He was wearing a Roland Milligan jersey. Love zero. Like that's what you got to. That's what don't you like love zero, to see. Don't like zero. No, but like a young yeah, generation yeah. wearing a, a stud like that on defense. Uh, dad at practice the other day had his three-year-old run walking down the steps to look at him closely. Probably didn't know what the hell he was watching, but it's just something to take your kid to. Yeah, I love that man. Yeah. Tell you what, it is. You got to have respect for these fans. They put a lot of money. They put a lot of time. Football's a very like passionate sport because we only have 18 games right here in the CFL. So you have 18 times to come together as a community or in this case, a province and really invest in it, whether it's on the road or at home. So you are uh, invested time and money wise. So I'll never want to really totally poo poo what people are saying. Sometimes it's ridiculous. And sometimes people just make stupid statements that are totally off base, like, Oh, Montreal flew. They didn't show up because they were partying. Or now we got to toss Mason Fine to the side because Jake Dolagala is the next great thing. I think they do not. I think they do got to um, start J- Jake Dolagala. The guys played hard for him. I think he will be the starter or should be against Winnipeg. But let's not dismiss what uh, Mason Fine can do. I'll give you one example, okay? Mm-hmm. Where Jake Dolagala can just flick it all worldly. And I think he should. I heard you yesterday and I agree. I think he needs to step into his throws. At the end of the game, he's getting lazy or just relying on his arm strength and not finishing his throws, where he could have, you know made that game out of reach with a couple of those throws. But he did play well with his first full week of reps, Don Hewitt said, because I don't think he got those full first full week uh, you know, of reps at the COVID game last year. Certainly not with a healthy roster. Anyway, um, but in the game... He's dropping back the pass to set up a screen, and he just he just falls backwards with a guy in his face and throws a 100-mile-an-hour fastball at Jamal Moore. It falls in completely off the punt. Okay? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about taking hits, and sometimes it's about being smart. And so you have him with some otherworldly talent over here, and then you got a guy like Mason Fine, who I can guarantee would have hung in there till the last second, took a shot in the ribs, dumped it out to Jamal Morrow, and a play like that happens. You know what I mean? Whereas what you said, 
he can't make that throw to Mitch Pickton running uh, to his left side, Mason Fine. I mean, Rodola Gala can. So instead of picking quarterbacks, can we not just go 1A and 1B? Wally Buono, the greatest coach of all time, said, listen, you need to have your starter, which is QB1 Trevor Harris, but you got to have a guy in your roster that can win you two or three games. We happen to have guys on our roster that are comparable in different ways that can win us one or two games three games. So, maybe Dolagala is the guy. Maybe we roll with him, but if not, put Fine in. If Fine doesn't work, I guess go back to Dolagala. Because now you're not jerking with the guy's psyche, right? Like, before I was saying, don't pull Fine out. He hasn't warranted being pulled out, and I still believe that. But he got hurt. Dolagala goes in there. You can indeed lose your job to injury. Bledsoe and Brady's the prime example. So now Dolagala's team, if he struggles, put Fine in. If he struggles, put Dolagala in. We should be excited. Kind of like Austin and Burgess yes. back in the day. Offnagel Barnes for even older fans. Here's the deal. We've got two young quarterbacks that are developing. We got a chance to see this. It's exciting no matter who's in. Let's hope the guys play hard for both quarterbacks. They sure did for Jake. And let's uh, let's see what we can do here till QB1 comes back. And I'm telling you right now, we got a chance to win the whole thing. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Okay, let's get to uh, some of the stories of the day. Uh, Nathan Cherry out with a knee injury, former U.S. Husky, top draft pick of the BC Lions, heard it here on Sunday. Ratings are kicking butt. Uh, Riders had the most fans watch one single game of the CFL. The Riders-BC game was well over 700,000 watching that game last Sunday. Um, The commissioner joins us tomorrow, by the way, on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline to talk about the metrics that are going well and even the, the stats that aren't going so well. The NHL and the NHL Players Association continues to work towards creating an international best-on-best tournament that would be played in February of 2025. Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly confirmed that today the two sides abandoned plans in November for a World Cup of Hockey in February of 2024 due to issues around Russian and Belarusian participation, setting 2025 as their new target. Uh, the 2025 event would not necessarily follow the World Cup of Hockey layout, but would set the stage for a regular schedule of best-on-best moving forward. By the way, I just got to say this. This could be a little bit... I don't care. I don't understand how it's the Russian and Belarusian players and athletes and that. Is it their fault? Of course not. It's not their fault. Now, I know why they're doing it to put pressure on Putin, but it shows that Putin doesn't really care about that, okay? So it's time to quit punishing the Ovechkins and these guys of the world, okay? Ovechkin hasn't changed his Facebook. Yeah, you know what? A, he doesn't care what you think, and B, uh, they're dealing with a dictator over there, man. Okay, some would say we deal with some here too, but they're dealing with a dictator, a, a, a wingnut dictator over there. So I'm not going to jump on these hockey players or any of these athletes. It's time to get over it already in terms of that. Let them play. Not the war, not what's going on there, but it's not the players, the athletes' fault. Oilers getting close to signing Evan Bouchard to your contract worth 3.9 million bucks. Austin Matthews. 
has uh, signed four years, $53 million extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jets wide receiver Corey Davis announced today that he's stepping away from football. 28-year-old Davis was originally taken fifth overall by the Tennessee Titans back in 2017. He's with the Jets, but he's walking away, saying he's got a beautiful wife, two healthy children, looking forward to spending more time with them. He did not say he's retiring officially, but... Uh, that's probably what's going to happen at 28. Jonathan Taylor, outstanding running back at the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, he wants to be traded because he's not being paid the way he wants to be paid. So he has uh, got until next Tuesday to find a deal that works for him and the Colts. That's what they're saying. Chargers, maybe, huh? Nah. No. They wouldn't even pay Austin Eckler. Yeah. Uh, and Austin Eckler scores more touchdowns. Uh that's the weird thing. They need a running back there to help out their young quarterback, Anthony Richardson. And they got the best running back in the league. And they're not like if I was a run, the running backs in the NFL should have a union, their own union. They should have their own union. Yeah, these last couple of years have not been, you know, if you were and to shame tell me. On, and shame on the union, man. Shame on the actual union, okay? Uh, for not sticking up for one group of the. Of the union they like come on they just signed a blanket contract and now these guys are going to be because of the way it is they get uh they get uh, just done done dirty man like a guy guy carries the ball 300 times and you're going to tell him he's not that valuable there's no other position in football that takes the beating that that a running back does. by the way did they have a string of running like, backs there in um in uh, um wisconsin. wisconsin james white melvin gordon the third and then him mm-hmm Crazy man, that's right. The Badgers—they produce. Yeah, they produce the running back. They don't. They do not produce quarterbacks. So wow. That's and people <laughs> thought NDSU was producing quarterbacks. Now Easton Stick is sticking with the Chargers. He's their backup. They don't have a third stringer on their roster, um, and he's been getting a lot of snaps. He went to NDSU. So did Carson Wentz. He's fallen off the map to the point where he's out of the league. He's the guy that got that Matt Flynn bunch of contracts mm-hmm. because he's playing with fire there, not having a third quarterback. Yeah, and then, see what happened to the Niners in yeah. the playoffs. And then, like, come on. and then Trey, uh, and then Trey Lance, yeah, who they, who the 49ers spent a lot of draft capital to move up and get get him third overall. Uh, he is now the third stringer in San Francisco. Sam Darnold will back up the starter, Brock Purdy, which is a great story in itself. And so Trey Lance now is uh, he didn't go to practice today apparently, and they're deciding what to do with him. And if you're a different team across the National Football League, like I'm not trading much to get a Trey Lance, to be no, honest with sixth you. Sixth round pick, like, seventh round pick, maybe. Uh, he for sure is not going to come in and take a start uh, starting role for a team. Like, no, his, his his career might be over. I'm just saying, like no. he can always come to the CFL, like his dad Carlton Lance, who played with the Saskatchewan Roughriders. He'd do well up here. Um, Back to the CFL for a second. Uh, we were going to ask Farhan this, but we didn't get a hold of him. Farhan Lalji, uh, TSN, there they they have this question: Which upstart quarterback has a chance to earn a starting spot next season? Now, I think they're getting a little ahead of themselves with Jake Dolagali. He's only started two games, one with a real lineup, but they have Dolagali in there. Taylor Powell of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Dustin Crum of the Ottawa Red Blacks or Trey Ford of the Edmonton Elks. Which one of those quarterbacks has a chance to earn a sp- a better, best chance to earn a starting spot next season? Mm. I'm going with Crum. It's so tough to say because, yeah, well, I guess Crum. He's had the most success out of them all, but 
That's the thing. Like everybody was crowning Dustin Crum after those back-to-back, yeah. you know, big wins that he had, and yeah. then since then, he what's he done? He hasn't really done anything. So it's kind of like any quarterback has the capability to go out there and perform yeah. in a stretch of one or two games. That's what basically got him to the league. And that's the first what backups point. do. So what separates is you know the consistency to string it together for you know six, seven, eight. So let's see. That's what I'm excited about. Games. Let's see if Jake Dolagala can come off the bye. Riding high, another week of pra- another week and a bit of practice, and looking at tape and all that stuff, and get an opportunity to play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Because let's be honest, Dominic Davis, he, what was a season opening game, twenty nineteen, he was the best quarterback in the world on that day, and what? So it just goes to show you, like, let's just not th- that guy get too high, not get too yeah, low. Yeah, that guy couldn't hit water from a boat. Now he can't even sneak anymore. Well, we'll try to get a hold of Farhan Lalji uh, tomorrow and line him up for the show. Uh, we're going to take a break and be back with more here on the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio six twenty CKRM. Text lines powered by the Capital Auto Group. 936-6262 is the number to text. You can also uh, get a hold of us on the Western Pizza Hotline. 936-6262 the number to call locally or 1-866-767-0620. Earlier in the show, we had a chance to catch up with Ben Wagner, the voice on the radio of the Toronto Blue Jays, just ahead of their Game 2 of the series in Baltimore, Camden Yards friend Ben Wagner from the Blue Jays Radio Network and I never uh, I, I knew who Ben Wagner was I'd listen the odd time but since he's joined our show uh, I really have paid attention to his work and he does great work over there uh, covering Blue Jays baseball thanks for joining us Ben I do appreciate it what a big win yesterday in Baltimore 6-3 and every win is it's kind of white knuckle time now the way the Seattle Mariners are playing well mm. I really appreciate that no uh, but but the white knuckle ride, it is scoreboard watching season. It is definitely, if you can enjoy a blowout here or there, you definitely want to enjoy that because they're going to be short-lived. Yeah. Especially the last two weeks of the regular season in September where you've got nothing but Rays and Yankees. That's going to be the real focus for me, especially those series against the Tampa Bay Rays. But you've got a huge series against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, you've got a couple of series where other teams are clinging for life in as you mentioned, the Mariners are right there, not not only nipping on the heels, but right now the Blue Jays have to be the one nipping on the heels just because of the standings going into the day. Makes it fun, though, doesn't it? It's a long season, right? We talked about this with you about the 90-game mark. You said you know you need a little break at the All-Star break. Even you do, a little mental fatigue. But it's fun to go to the booth and call these games, isn't it, now? It's, uh, it's electric. You know why? Because you go to the ballpark if you're in position, if you're in the Blue Jays, and honestly, from a baseball fan perspective, we're really, really fortunate, Michael, that every team is essentially making deals into the trade deadline, coming out of the All-Star break with hopes and visions of being competitive and playing some meaningful baseball down the stretch. There are a lot of teams right now. And this is the fortunate part from a game standpoint where a lot of games will matter to a lot of teams. So you're going to see a lot of competitive baseball. You're going to see rosters expand by a couple of players here or there. And they're really much more calculated than just getting a rising prospect coming to the big leagues. But from a Blue Jay perspective, of course, I mean, this is where going to the ballpark every day, it's, it's almost exhausting when you walk out of there because you're watching the scoreboards. You're thinking that games will hinge on one or two good plays or bad plays. 
And, who, and who's going to make one more than the other? We've been critical, or I've been critical of baseball in the past about being boring and too long and everything like that. But I would say this, with the rule changes and, you know, that you're adding the wild card teams, giving more hope to fan bases, I'd say baseball's done some right things in the last couple of years. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I've been actually really impressed. It's been a breath of fresh air year for me. How about you? Absolutely. The pace of play has improved everything. There's an accountability from an at-bat perspective. Guys aren't messing around, approaching the box, so they hear the favorite line in the song when they're coming up to the plate. <laughs> and pitchers are accountable, you know, where they're have to be, They're going to have to be on the mound. They're going to have to focus more on making a pitch than the constant, what if I make the wrong pitch? And then the, the always... Uh, step off or throw over that was just inconsequential in a 12 to 2 game we saw too many of those things there's been such more of an importance accountability put on both the batter and the pitcher i think baseball realized just how far away it had gotten from its truest form where there needed to be some sort of rhythm some sort of rhythmic establishment on an offensive night or a pitching duel night and listen the blue jays have had a ton of low scoring affairs and tight ball games so that that beauty of the game and its return is something that I've really enjoyed. One, as somebody that absorbs a ton of baseball afternoon and late evening around the Blue Jay games, let alone trying to paint the pitchers every night, you know, when we're, we're doing the broadcast. So one of the things that's important about baseball is it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. That's still the case with all the games and everything like that. I- I think, uh, and you can help me out, you're closer. Things are okay for the Jays health-wise. Like, Bichette was nicked up. Looks like he's okay. Uh, you had uh, Vladdy Guerrero hurt his wrist, but he's back. He had three hits yesterday. So things to be, the arrows seem to be pointing in the right direction for the Blue Jays that way. Absolutely. You get a couple of guys that are banged up. You get your closer back recently, Jordan Romano, who's been great. His three save opportunities since coming off the injury list. Trevor Richards is back off of the injury list as well. He's a phenomenal asset, under-the-radar kind of guy that can be served early, late in ball games. pocket definition, certainly, with that. But he's just been a really, really nice pickup. And you know what? One more might be coming by the end of this week, and that's Chad Green. He's going to make another assignment at AAA Buffalo on the rehab front. He had his rehab clock stopped. And people kind of forgot about him over the last couple of weeks, but he had to go through the concussion protocol. And if he is even a small sample size of how effective he was as a late-inning or leverage closer. The Blue Jays have completely flipped the script on how they've approached bullpen management in the last couple of years. And while they are healthy, absolutely, they are stocked and stocked with power. It's no more the sidearm slinging it, thumbing it guy, you know, trying to go through awkward or unique, as they love to phrase it, arm angles out of the bullpen. The Blue Jays are coming at you with power, and they have enough power in the bullpen right now to make pitching changes in the fourth, in the fifth inning. And believe it or not, in today's game, good bullpens can shorten things up in a hurry that quickly, and that's what makes managers a lot of money if they can push the right buttons if you get into that fourth or fifth inning, and all of a sudden you dip into that bullpen. And the Blue Jays certainly are poised over the last five weeks of the regular season to get in there and really get after it with the, with the arms that they've got. 
In football, we got a small amount of games. The Rough Riders had a fork in the road game here where they won and beat BC to go to five and five on their bye week, which is always nice. People are smiling. It's a, it's a, you know, a good feeling. The Jays have had a messy kind of year against the AL East. I really feel this could be a fork in the road series for the Jays if they can win it and, uh, you know, win it, uh, kind of emphatically. Like yesterday was a nice first step. It'd be nice to see them pour it on the coals again today. It really would, you know, and Jack Flaherty got scratched from Baltimore, right? You've got a guy going with Kevin Gosman who is going to get votes for the Cy Young Award. You've got a you've got a little bit of an opportunity here. Are the Orioles vulnerable? In a big series, not only is it a pressure pack series for the first time that the Orioles have ever with this young core been really kind of twisted into a knot, but now they're having to overcome adversity. And that's a really interesting facet in game number two of this the series of the Blue Jays have, can you go in there and can you make the statement? Can you make the statement over the division leaders? Can you make the run right now? The Rays are heating up again. Uh, can the Blue Jays go in there and hopefully use this as a springboard? I mean, absolutely. The American League uh, Eastern Division has been, quite frankly, the albatross of the season for the Blue Jays. But if you look at the numbers, you know, quietly they've won four in a row against the division. All of a sudden last night, you get a couple of timely hits, and Brandon Bell had the big home run. Understated play in that ball game was Bo Bichette lunging into the hole off to his right, coming up with a huge out for the Blue Jays as well from shortstop. Uh, there are really, really good signs that certainly the Blue Jays are on the cusp. The last time might have been one of the best rounded games of the season for the Blue Jays. Uh, this might be the best pocket of play that we have seen from the Blue Jays yet. And that's a really good sign because you want to be playing your best baseball into the final month. Well, I was looking forward to this all day. I'm going to do my show, and my favorite thing about baseball is listening to it on the radio. So I'm going to put my earbuds in, go for a nice walk, eat some sunflower seeds, and listen to Ben Wagner call a Blue Jays victory over the Orioles. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. That's a trifecta in my mind. Enjoy it. <laughs> it is. Take care, man. See ya. See you, pal. And your sports ticker is for Busy Bee Overhead. The Toronto Blue Jays are in action right now. It's top of the second. Still no score in Baltimore. And if you missed it earlier, well, the Seattle Mariners lost earlier this afternoon to the Chicago White Sox in extra innings. So with a win tonight, the Jays can tie the Seattle Mariners for the final wildcard spot in the American League. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Okay, very important. Very important. Anybody listening right now? (laughs) Biggest games of the year for the Rough Riders. The home opener. Home playoff game. But it's the summer annual summer slobber knocker the winnipeg blue bombers come to town and i think they've won the last two or three haven't they the last time the riders won the labor day classic was in 2019 yeah yuck we lost in 2021 2022 so we're on the verge of going down three in a row but we're not we're going to beat them and you can be there by calling 936-6262 now hold on you can't have won in the last 90 days on these airwaves, 620 CKRM, okay? But you call in right now, you pick the score, and then we'll go from there. Let's go to the phones here. It's that of Kelly Jeffrey. All right, scooping up a caller here. Who should I choose? Well, let's choose this one right yeah, here. Yeah, who's, okay, who's, 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 who's this? Who's this? Who's this? Hello? 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 
I hear you. Yep. Uh, what's your name? David. Hi, David. How are you doing, bud? Not too bad. Good, David. You got to pick the score for us. Who's winning the game uh, is Sunday, September 3rd at Mosaic Stadium? Riders 35-28. An old-fashioned Tom Clements homer Jordan matchup. That would be great. Okay, I don't know why I said Homer Jordan. He wouldn't homer. get he wouldn't get that many points. Okay, so here's the deal, David. You've got an opportunity now. So you're going to go to the game, the Labor Day Classic. Uh, if your score is correct, you win a $200 gift card from Sastel. And if you get to that point, then your name's thrown in for a chance to win a sweet experience next year where you and three others get to watch a rider game from a luxury suite. Sounds good, doesn't it? Hey, Dave, you're a man of very few words. I don't know. You don't get paid by the word, so I'm going to ask you a question here. Did you, were you happy with the – well, obviously you were happy with the Riders' win. Did it change your opinion of the outlook after they won that game? No, what did you what did you have the Riders' record at? Uh, at the end of the season, yeah. Um, what do you think? Ten and eight. Ten and eight. That's a good one. So if they're ten and eight, if they're ten and eight, and they get to the playoffs and don't win the Grey Cup, but if they're ten and eight, David, and they get to the playoffs with everything that's gone on, all the injuries, quarterback out, all that stuff, down to our third string quarterback, if that happens. Would you keep everybody like coach, GM, everything like that? You wouldn't. You'd clean overall. You'd clean it out overall. Yeah. Great cup or bust. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Hang on the phone. We'll get some information from you. Okay. We got to get some information okay. from you, and uh, we're going to try to get a hold of Kelly Jeffrey. As long as I've been doing rider broadcasts, the two people who are generally most disliked in Saskatchewan or the starting quarterback followed closely by the offensive coordinator. I don't know who would ever take on the offensive coordinator job because uh just crazy. But uh, this guy did, and he's doing a pretty good job, if you ask me. We'll be back in a moment. Kelly Jeffrey joins us in the Western Pizza Hotline here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Hey, Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. Kelly Jeffrey joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Are you back down east with the family? I am. I'm in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Awesome, man. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. So what is it there? Is that uh, 840? Is that correct? Yep, Atlantic time. Awesome, man. Uh, I appreciate it. That was a big win. How does that feel? To must be a sense of relief to to get that one. That was a that was a big time win. It was a great win, um, and uh, we just wanted to play well. You know, it, and it'd been a while since we put together, I think, a complete game, offense, defense, special teams, and so um, that we could contribute on the offensive side. It, it uh, I think, felt like we had a, a big part in it, and so um, yeah, it felt really good. So I got to ask you this question, man, because I never asked Coach Dickinson this, and I never got a chance to talk to Jake Dolagala. But I am going to ask this because listeners would want to know what happened on that uh, time count violation at the end of the game. Can you fill me in on that? Just the logistics, what went wrong there? Yeah, well, there was uh, about two or three things simultaneous simultaneously. Have Sam Mimilis, uh just as he's walking on the field said, "I'm cramping." <laughs> and so uh, he had he had started to run back on the field. We were trying to call him off. We were trying to get Schaefer Baker back in, and we were moving Schaefer Baker to Y, which is going to uh, kick Picton out to Z, and all that with the call. Um, we we had a miscommunication between myself and Jake, and uh, and, and Mitch heard uh, the right thing, 
and then he thought he didn't because we lined up somewhere else. And uh, I mean, there's I could throw in about two more or three more excuses, uh, yeah. but at the end of the day, we gotta we gotta realize what's on the clock, and um, you know, all that starts with me, and um, I can do a much better job of making sure that that gets relayed in. So um, yeah, it's. It, it stinks. It's uh, something we practice all the time, um, and uh, we just have to be better in that situation. We we know how severe that is to make that mistake in that situation. I love uh, your accountability. That's one of the, the, the good things I like about you, man. What you see is what you get. Um, evaluate your performance for me through this first half. It's a little over the first half now, but through 10 games, your first year as an offensive coordinator in professional football. Evaluate yourself for me, Kelly. Um, I mean, I'm pretty tough on myself. I, I, I feel right in the C area. Um, there's some things that uh, I'm very proud of that we've done. Um, there's some things that uh, really, really have to get better. We, you know, our short yardage game. Um, there's been times we've we've really stunk it up, and you know, we we could have changed the course of a game when when we were trailing. And there's a few times we could have kind of. Uh, really just, just punched home a victory and, and um, had an, an easy finish. Um, you know, you look back to the, the double overtime at Calgary. You know, we had an opportunity to, to seal that game with a sneak. Um, the Ottawa game, we were we were just flat-out atrocious in short yardage stuff. Um, we've got to be better. Um, and, and even this last game, I, I kind of felt like there was a couple where, um, you know, if we were a little bit better in terms of how we ran the ball, um, you know, we could have been better at for the most part really the passing game i've been really happy with um the receivers and quarterbacks no line are doing a good job the backs are picking up great in protection um you know the the run game and regular down and distances I'm, I'm very pleased with it's uh the special situations uh we really have to get better at and um that's that's the one thing that i i think if we get that um you know the rest of the things just going to flow and for the most part Against BC, I, I thought we did a good good job of that, but there are still a handful of areas uh, against BC when when that didn't come through. Um, you know, we felt like we left some some first downs and some points on the board and some positive mm-hmm. plays as well. Was that a was is that a mindset thing? Like, why can you be pretty good in uh, you know basic running, but when it's short yardage or a special situation, it doesn't go that way? What what goes into that? Um, it, I, I think it's a, a combination of things. You know, uh, I think there's some mentality to it. I think there's some play calling that um, I could put us in, in better situations. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of getting some bigger bodies on the field in those situations. And, you know, with uh, um, Antonio Pipkin coming in and handling some short yardage things, that, that's going to help us going forward, I think, um, just because he's got a, a great mentality and a great nose for first downs. And, and I have to have more faith in, in um, you know, that kind of those big bodies getting the first downs and, and putting those guys out there instead of just relying on some, you know, some some smaller guys and spreading it out, trying to create lanes. Sometimes you you got to bring the big guys in and, and just hmm. – push through those those couple of yards to get the first down and so um i think that's part of it you know coach uh, kelly jeffrey joining us here you got mitch picked and making a great catch on the sideline sam emelis is the 50 50 uh 50 50 king now i'd say he's more like 90 10 tevin jones yeah. has been great sean bain jr like you really do have a dynamic receiving core and then you get ksb back man it's uh you are smiling like a butcher's dog up there 
No, no doubt. I, and uh, it's interesting. I, I don't feel like nationally maybe our receiving core gets talked about as much as, as some other receiving cores, you know. But, you know, Ryder fans know and, and, and our sideline knows um, just the big catches, the tough catches they make um, are just, just excellent. And so uh, we, we feel really lucky to have the group that we have. we got a, a quality of depth. You know, I don't, I don't know what the receiving core would have been able to um, survive a lot of the injuries we've had. And, and, uh, and, and so I think it says not only about the talent we have, but the quality of depth we have in that group as well. And the, you know, the, the big one, BC, you could see uh, Jake Delgala just, just trusting those guys, you know, just knowing, um, yeah, he's got a guy kind of half on him. I'll, I'll just put it in the spot where only our guy can catch it. And, you know, Sam goes and gets a couple. Uh, Mitch, like I said, went and got one in a really tough spot. Uh, Keon Schaefer-Baker late in the game to convert a first down, a really tough one in traffic. And so, um, you know, the, the more those guys make those plays, the more the quarterback says, okay, I can, I can trust that guy and I'm going to put it in the spot where only he can get it. Coach, you deserve some time off, so I'm not going to weigh down with too many more questions. I want to ask you one more. I thought it was cool, man. I, I ran into you on the streets of Vancouver with your dad, Jimmy, I believe, your mom, Rosemarie, and your brother, uh, Carrie, coming up from Oregon. Uh, you got your son, uh, your son, Drew, daughter, AJ. What's your wife's name, if you don't mind me asking? Kathy. Kathy, right. And your son was with you, actually, at the Touchdown Halifax, which really put a smile on my face because I'm a sucker for that type of thing, to share that experience. But just talk about it. It's great for guys to get away, the players, maybe recharge. And you too, man. Like uh, I said, the two the two people that are hated on the most in Saskatchewan, and I don't think it's warranted a lot of times, the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. That's from my own experience. How nice is it to recharge the batteries with your family and actually have them support you on the road sometimes? Uh, yeah, it's, it's excellent. It, it's uh, soul soul cleansing. Um, you know, when when I get a chance to see family, uh, either at a game or, or when I get back home, um, it. Uh, reminds me of what I'm doing and, and to, to remain focused and um, it, it gives me um, I don't know it, it fills my heart and and uh, and keeps me centered and and those guys uh, you know I, I kind of learned along the way in my career um, the more I can allow them to get in um, and involved with the process and and be involved in the games as much as I can. Um, it, it's it's great for them. It's good for me. Um, you know, there's a time early in my career was, you know, you just wanted to be that uh, that that TV football guy where it's all it's all football all the time. And um, you know, I think when you're able to let your family um, get involved more and and have them be a part, you know, they don't take away from it. They actually add to um, mm. how well I'm focused and, and, uh, and ready to go. Kelly, Jeffrey, you gave yourself a C. I'm giving you a B-plus for sure, especially with a, with a, with a third quarterback on the depth chart, at least uh, as going into that game. And you guys put up uh, that kind of points against BC Lions. It was a team effort, but the offense was rolling. Good job so far, man. Enjoy the time off. We'll talk to you uh, when we resume for a big battle against Winnipeg. Appreciate it. We can't wait to defend our home turf again. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thanks. Take care, Coach. Thank you. Bye. We'll be back to wrap up in a moment here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.